Welcome back to the Ghost Dog 49 podcast. I am Ghost Dog, your host, and I just want to welcome everybody back to the first November show. Uh, shout out real quick to Clint's mom's basement. I was guest on his show last week for Halloween. So if you want to go over and find his show, you can go listen to talk about an old blue house investigation that we did many, many, many years ago. Uh, let's see here. I want to also throw a shout out to the music that we play at the very beginning of each and every one of these podcasts. That's actually the band Code 22. They are no longer together, but they had about three or four albums out together. And they were a very close friends of mine. All right, let's see where we're going here next. Okay, next I wanted to give a big shout out to my old UPI family. And I know there will be several of you going, UPI, what in the world is that? UPI stands for the United Paranormal International society that used to be out which used to be a very large website we had several several admins there that worked together to keep everything going in the background but as things happen in life people started going their own ways and it kind of fell apart on us but i just want to say hello to everybody i hope everybody's doing well and Kind of hope I might be putting together a project that might bring all of you back together. As a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and talk about that. That's the whole UPI idea is where I'm going with this very podcast. My plan is to build a website off of this podcast to put out the podcast where everybody can go to listen to the podcast. People can also go in and blog, set up their own stories, or they can even send me a message directly saying, hey, I'd like the chance to get on your show and tell my story live on your podcast. That's something I want people to have the chance to do. Because as we all know, it's almost impossible to get on to somebody's TV show and tell your story. And if you do, by the time you get done on there, or let me rephrase that, they get done on there, your story is no longer your story, it's what the TV producers decides your story is going to be. You may be thinking, um, what do you mean? How would you know that? I've been involved with a few TV, uh, what do we want to call this? The uh, West Coast, I guess. They come in and buy the idea of your story and twist it completely up. Let's just put it that. I've been involved in at least three different TV network, TV shows, I can say. I cannot say which shows and which ones it was because of contracts and things like that, but we will just leave it at that. And I can also tell you from my experience working on UPI and other websites, 
I have a habit of reaching out to people that I could find online that had their stories on the TV show to find out what the actual story was and how much they twisted it up and getting. I'd like to hear the real story from the the person that it actually happened to. And nine out of ten times, they will tell you it was nowhere near what the network has twisted it into, if that makes sense. And just to back up there for a second, to talk a little bit about um, Clint's mom's basement. I did not give you the uh, website that they're at. They're at uh, radiolove.com. Get on there and check out their shows there. As I said, definitely need to check out Clinton. He goes all over the Marvel world more than anything. But I have worked with Clinton for several years in the paranormal field, and he is making his way up in the statues here with us. Still got a long ways to go, buddy. And he got me on his show to talk about one of our past cases that we did. I want to say... It has to be at least seven to eight years ago. And it was a very interesting case. So I think I'll go ahead and share a little bit about it here with you guys, if you don't mind. Uh, Of course, I'm very big about not sharing where the home or who the client was or anything like that. That's the reason why I took down my main website for the team. But this house is located in a very small town here in Oklahoma. Uh, It's a very large blue home. It sits on the main street of the town. At the time that we were investigating, my neighbors owned the home but were not living in the home. They were actually doing some work on the home to possibly move their family into it. Um, he actually had lived in the house with his ex-wife beforehand and always had a little bit of issues. So at the time, he had the house pretty well. He was doing the whole construction, pulling out, pulling down plaster walls to put in more insulation and actual drywall in. The home itself... I'm not sure on the age now. As I said, it's been seven or eight years. The home has a interesting past, to say the least. I've heard rumors at one time it might have been used as a hospital, but in the records and looking back, I never found anything to do with that. But I did find that it was used as a hotel type of home. They had it divided up into several small rooms with renters and everything like that. But this home, when we got into it and everything, the big thing, it seemed like there was a lot of shadow movement and shadow play. And as an investigator, I strive on reading books put out by just about anybody. But books right now there are tons and tons of books out there where people are just sharing 
the same story that somebody else had put out at another time. So I'm reading through this book that was put out by a couple of authors that I know very well. And I'm reading in it, and they're talking about somebody who lived in the home at one time, and they came around the corner of the second floor landing that went up to the third floor. And as they came around the corner, they looked up, and there was a very tall, black, shadowed man with bright, glowing red eyes. You know, you got to have all the drama. And it was written up in that book, and I, as I said, at the same time, I was doing the investigation of the home and everything, so it caught my attention, we'll say that at the least. And I will say right now, no, I never saw the tall man with the bright glowing red eyes, thank goodness. But in this home, we've seen a lot of shadow play, a lot of EVP work was done. And when I say a lot of EVP, EVPs, more than what you would normally get in regular places. It just seemed like the house had stories and it was trying to tell them. Well, in my research I was doing, as I said, I found that book that had the story in it. Well, I happened to run into somebody who lived in the house 20 years prior. And I got to talking to them about their experiences in the house. And they were telling me they had bought the house just right after they quit using it as the hotel or kind of a, not really a hotel, but it was just divided up into four apartments, basically. And they were working hard on turning it back into a single-family home. And he said one night, out of the blue, he was making his way up to the third floor of the home and looked up, and he saw the very tall, dark mass with the bright red eyes. And the very first thing I did, did you ever tell anybody about this? He says, no. Because at that time, if you talked about something paranormal, you were just crazy. No one believes in the paranormal. I mean, if you talked about paranormal this, paranormal that, you're crazy and need to be in the nut house. That's just how things were at that time. But, so it, I knew for a fact that's not the same place that these ladies had gotten their story from. So right there I had two solid cases telling me the same thing. So I had this house that we were investigating. I want to say when we were investigating, we were doing it over a three-month period. And at the time, the owners who had it were from time to time coming in and doing a little work here and there to fix it up. But they weren't in no big hurry. Let's just put that away. And over that time, I want to say that we had at least 120 to 130 Class A EVPs out of this house. And... 
I mean, they were all your normal short one or two word things, but it was always seemed like a little kid looking for his mother or something like that, something sad. And being a paranormal investigator, everybody knows you really got to watch out when you got a little kid on EVP a lot because that big bad word of demon likes to use or act like he's a kid. But to sum this up, last night we were actually investigating in that house. I had about, I want to say, eight other investigators with me. And we were on a break at that time, sitting in the front room on the right-hand side of this house. And there was two big rooms on the front side of the house, but we were in the one on the right-hand side. And we were sitting there, and I just happened out of the corner of my eye see a big black shadow come from the back of the house down the hallway, down and around, and turn around to go up the stairs. I'm sitting there looking. Everybody's sitting down. There were no cars driving by, and it clicked. And I jumped up and started chasing. And that was one of the worst mistakes I have personally made in my life. See, I chased this thing. I knew it was very possible that it was what I had read about in the book and talked about to the other gentleman. So I made it up to the second floor, and I'm looking to the left, looking to the right, looking at the walls, trying to find this shadow again, and... I make the immediate right turn again and right again, and there's another little hallway that shoots down. And I see the shadow moving there, and I turn and run. And by this time, I had two other investigators right behind me. I mean, they wanted to know what I was seeing. And I got to the back of that hallway. And that hallway, you had the choice to go straight outside onto a kind of a deck setting on the second story or you turn around and that was your staircase going up to a third floor which was more of an attic type of area but it was large enough that they had two rooms kind of set up there and I saw the shadow about three feet behind me and I went to run up the stairs and I got about eight stairs up and all of a sudden, it felt like I had ran into a brick wall. And this was the very first time for me for something like this to happen. It, as I said, it felt like I ran into a brick wall. And then suddenly, I have felt the pressure underneath in my armpits. And I was actually lifted up and just kind of tossed backwards. But as you remember, I said I had two other investigators right behind me. And I landed on the first one, and it was kind of a little bit of a domino effect, but it was able to break or fall. But in that point when this happened, I had these emotions all of a sudden coming on, these emotions of being angry, just very, very violently mad. And I knew... They weren't my emotions. And at that point, I 
made everybody just go ahead and get up, get out of the house as fast as we could. Because if it was what I was starting to think it was, it was a good chance things were going to get very, very dangerous real quick. As if it wasn't already dangerous being kind of tossed down the stairs already. And that kind of goes back to the last episode where I've talked about safety. You really got to be on your toes about safety with your team. And back to where I was, I knew these emotions weren't mine. Because, I mean, I was a word that I'm not going to say on the air here. Extremely, extremely mad. So I cleared out of the house and got everybody outside and sitting down. And within 30 minutes of this happening, of me getting outside, this kind of the feeling that I had, and everybody was there with me could see it. It just went away. It just, I was myself again. And I was upset. Because this had happened, yes. I was more curious. But I knew for the the reason of having the team there, we needed to walk away for the night no matter what. And we left that night, and I got a phone call two days later that the client had decided to go ahead and sell the house and get rid of it. And they sold the house, and people started working on the outside of the house, put in new windows and a new porch and redid the roof and everything. As I said, I lived in that town at the time this was going on, so I was kind of keeping an eye on things. And when they started to work on the inside of the house... It was like all of a sudden everything just stopped. It went from we're working on this thing every day to the doors locked. Haven't seen anybody there now in eight years. Kind of makes you wonder what happened. I personally don't know who they sold the house to. and I've never really tried to reach out again. But that's just one of many stories of something strange, something that you can't explain, that key word, you can't explain it. The actual thing is something paranormal. And that's what this podcast is about, sharing those stories. And I want to hear your stories. So I am building this website and it will be called ghostdogtac49.com. It's not up yet, but it is coming. It will be a large website where everybody can have their own personal page to introduce themselves or introduce their team because you guys are more than welcome to have your paranormal teams on there. And I ask, please, just share your stories. Let people know. Share some knowledge. 
let them know that there are things in these houses and buildings that we do go into sometimes that can get pretty stupid and dangerous real quick because there are so many younger generations now coming into this and they're not doing their homework. They don't know that they really need to have the prayers before going in and prayers before you leave because there might be something there that will try to attach. Now, with me letting that story out and telling you a little bit about the website coming, uh, as I said, it's going to be a large website. Not large like Facebook or anything like that, but it's going to be a decent size where people can blog and meet each other, talk to each other, share each other's experiences, and have an, just have a network to talk to people and have a little bit better understanding about maybe something that happened to them that's happened to you. And you can talk to them about how they handled the situation and maybe a way that you can handle that situation. And once again, there will be the area for you to share your stories and blogs. Or you can send me a message on the website and I can give you a phone call or whatever we decide to do and do it two-way. Me and you talking, you telling me your story to share to everybody else. Then finally, my big idea, if it can happen with the website, is I'm wanting to do our own. And I say our own because I hope this becomes a community and have our own radio show. And you know, we may just do radio during the day, then in the evening times, turn it over to the podcast or scary stories. Let me know what you think of that. Do you think that might be a good idea? Something that you might be interested in? Or maybe you want to do a podcast and you may be interested in having your podcast play on our radio station? All right. I want to wrap it up for today because I am now rambling on. I'm, now, I'm getting to my 20-minute mark that I've set myself for right now until we get a little bit more serious into this. But I hope you guys enjoyed the little bit of the story that I shared with Clinton the other day and I have now shared with you. Uh, my plan is to try to have this up by tonight, which today is Tuesday. And I'm going to go ahead and record another podcast for this week. Also, that I plan on putting out Thursday. So, look for having at least two podcasts up this week. And, as always, have a good day, or good evening, or whatever it is when you listen to this. And we'll talk to you the next time. <laughs>